Hi, everyone, and welcome. This is a Travel Unusual a show that I'm doing every Travel Tuesday, and today is Travel Tuesday in Japan. So, today I am taking you back to some of my travels、uh, in a lesser known area of Hiroshima. Called Fukuyama. Now, Fukuyama is a big city and destination of its own. And today I will be taking you to three places in Fukuyama、uh, Tomonora, a skate park, and、uh, like a sports facility arena, and、uh, Miroku no Sato amusement park. So I'll be Taking you around these three places, which I've been in Fukuyama, which are kind of wacky and fun and unusual and not your typical tourist travel destinations in Japan, which I hope you'll enjoy coming along and joining me as I remember some of these weird and wacky and fun travels、uh, in these places. How's everyone doing today? You having a good day? It is still hot and sunny, beginning of October here in Hiroshima. Yesterday I was out in Hiroshima City and 30 degrees still. So, still very warm. Hey, Pablo, great to see you from LA. Hi, Luis, great to see you from New Zealand. Thanks for joining, guys.、Um, I knew it was Travel Tuesday, but I hadn't decided my theme. Started looking back at old photos and thinking about old travel memories. And decided today would be perfect to recount some of my kind of wacky, weird, unusual travels in Fukuyama, which is about an hour's drive away from Hiroshima. It also has its own Shinkansen station,、uh, so it's very easy to access by train. Hey, Luis, thank you so much. Burst Award, love it. <laughs> so let's start、uh, with a little map. I'm going to show you my map, my Google Maps, so you have an idea where we are talking about.、Um, where are we? Here we go. Okay, so this is the Fukuyama area I'm going to talk about today. All three locations are within 20 minute drive or 30 minutes. Of each other.、Uh, on the top, you can see the train line there. So there's Fukuyama Station, not far from the skate park,、uh, which I'll be talking about a bit later. But let's start with a really fun、uh, TV show that I was invited to be on, a Japanese TV show called Ikitakarino,、uh, years ago. And they asked me, the Directors of the show came and met with me and they said,、uh, Where would you like to go? Where haven't you been in Japan or in the Hiroshima area? And、uh, this is the crew there. They,、uh, one of the spots they took me to was a hula shop, which I'll, I'll talk about. So I said, I hadn't been to Tomonoda, where、uh, Miyazaki Ghibli film. Uh, became so famous, Ponyo, that was from the town, the fishing town of Tomonoda. And so、uh, they took me to Tomonoda 
and they set up all these different exciting adventures for me, meeting up with uh, costumed locals and tour guides to take me through uh, the classic town of Tomonura. So I'll recount some of the adventures there. So we arrived at the famous uh, fishing port area, which is has its big stone lantern. And I did a walking tour uh, recently uh, through Tomonora. So uh, walking through these classic streets. And one of the things that I really like uh, looking down on Tomonora, you can see uh, the fishing village you can see all of the classic buildings around the port. And it's really nice to see that they haven't allowed big, tall buildings to be built up in that area. So there's still a really nice old classic look to the town. Um, on the left side of the port, you can see the cliffs. So if you come in from the left side where there's more parking and the buses drop you off on that side, you can get ferries that will take you around these small islands and the cliffs and give you a tour of the pirate area. And this is the film crew that I joined for a day on this Ikitagarino TV show. And uh, you see the actor who's portraying Ryoma. Ryoma Sakamoto is a, a famous samurai who was hiding in Tomonoda, hiding out in Tomonoda. So part of the show, we visited uh, the house where he was hiding out. And uh, everybody's wearing lace because they knew I was from Hawaii. So that's why they took me to a hula shop in Tomonoda. Really nice uh, couple running the hula costume shop and where everybody who takes hula classes goes and gets all their gear. They also had really nice Hawaiian coffee there, uh, which they served to me. I really loved being in that cute little Hawaiian themed cafe, not far from the main fishing port area. But right in the fishing port area is this house where Yoma was hiding. And for me, uh, having uh, lived in for many years, an old Japanese house that remodeled, I love seeing these old houses. And uh, I'll show you this in a second. The rooms and the walls of the house, I love seeing that they've refurbished and remodeled this old house. You can see all these classic old streets that you walk down. Um, like I said before, they haven't built it up. There's not too many uh, big buildings around, so you can really get a feel for how it used to look, how it used to be. So inside this uh, house where he was hiding, you see the walls here and all the mud and bamboo that's inside the walls. This is exactly what our walls looked like when we bought an old house and remodeled it to live in. And this is why the electricians were telling us it would be so hard to run wires and put more outlets in different rooms because most of the walls uh, were filled in in this natural, traditional way. I just love seeing that. Um, so inside this really cool old building, 
This is where he was hiding out. They showed us the secret room and they talked a little bit about the history and uh, compared it to King Kamehameha. And uh, I'm from Hawaii, so they were making all these connections for me and talking about how King Kamehameha uh, united all the Hawaiian islands under one rule. And Yoma Sakamoto was trying to do the same thing. He was trying to unite all the areas of Japan. So I'm sorry, any history buffs, if I'm summarizing and uh, condensing all that interesting history a bit too much. Um, but here we are. This is the actor who played the rebel uh, shogun samurai Yoma and me back to back next to the port. Look at that hair, my long brown hair, as you can tell. This is a few years ago, but lots of fun. Um, he was in his uh, role the whole time. We had to refer to him as Yoma. So uh, definitely, if you have a chance to talk to, he spoke a bit of English too, if you have a chance to talk to one of the, the actors around Tomonoda as you're walking around, um, that's a really fun, fun thing to do. Um, one of the other things right there in the central port area here, I'll show you, I love this, uh, the public restroom instead of your typical uh, male and female icons, they have a uh, samurai and a woman in kimono. I love these little touches, you know? Um, it, it really makes it interesting as a visitor. So I hope to see more of that in classic areas. Um, they took us also to a very old uh, guest house right up there on one of the upper streets. Beautiful old house. And uh, I got to... Uh, get changed in one of the rooms and it overlooked the harbor there, a beautiful old guest house. And they had this lovely outdoor bath, um, which I thought was a really nice feature for a traditional old guest house. All the wood um, around the bath and uh, you could smell all the beautiful fragrances of the wood as well. So that was a really nice feature. Uh, right there in the fishing port. Now, uh, just to mention, uh, Tomonoda is very famous for its movies. Uh, as I mentioned before, uh, Ponyo, uh, Miyazaki from Ghibli, he got his inspiration uh, for the movie Ponyo and the setting of Ponyo from the fishing port town. So if you look off to one side, uh, you can see where that crazy scene from Ponyo where she's driving to try to, to beat the tidal wave that's coming in and she drives across this crazy little bridge that's getting crashed by waves. Do you remember that part? Um, so you can see that as you're, you're in Tomonoda. It's a very small walkable town and uh, they have some really interesting old shops uh, they make a really special kind of alcohol. I'd love to go back and investigate more. I talked uh, with a little souvenir shop uh, owner and she was telling me about it. So it, I didn't taste it because I had driven there. Um, but it's made like with uh, kind of herbal medicine as well. So it's very unique type of alcohol. So I want to go back and investigate that a little bit more next time.
Um, but there's all these old classic wooden house lined uh, back streets that you can explore. You can see uh, the houses which are dedicated to the history of Yoma Sakamoto and uh, him hiding out there. And uh, yeah, really interesting place. There's also some new places um, I want to mention right there in the fishing town. Um, so this is was she was the guide who was telling us about the area and she's standing right next to the steps. So in the fishing port, they have the main steps area where all the boats are and the stone lantern is just beyond, just behind her. And uh, it was so nice being there with a guide and listening to some of the history. Uh, one thing I always suggest to guides is don't overwhelm uh, the visitor with dates and names too much. Uh, I picked up a little bit, but very hard to remember everything. Um, oh, great. Great to see you guys. Thanks for joining. Um, so yeah, classic old village, beautiful uh, back alleys you can explore. Highly recommended. Also, there's really cool old coffee shop that I found called Umai Biko, which is right up from the Stone Lantern. So I want to introduce that to you because he's got some really cool features inside the shop that I want to mention. Yeah, let's go. So this is the Stone Lantern that's famous uh, icon for the area and the view of the bay from above. So you can do some hikes up, just short hikes, and you can see the view. There's some interesting temples and shrines around to explore as well. Um, as you're walking around, you see all these beautiful roofs, uh, views, all these classic whitewashed old buildings and the roof tiles, and then the wood. I just love taking in all these features as I'm walking around. So this uh, coffee shop is called Umi, Umi, which is ocean. Umi, is it? Wait, let me get all the pictures in here. Okay, so this is the front of the shop. And it's called Umihiko Coffee. And it was run by a young entrepreneur. And he took over uh, this old building and retained the traditional aesthetic, which I love. And inside the shop, he has all these old antiques, uh, which he selected to be used in a way as if they were used uh, back in olden times. And I just love that combination of using old retro antiques, but using them in a real functional way. Um, I don't have a picture, uh, but just to the left of this picture here, he had an antique uh, refrigerator and it didn't use electricity. It was cooled with ice. So he said every morning he would go and collect the ice and put it in the refrigerator and it would keep cold for an entire day. So this is the old school 
old school style refrigerator. I also love this other feature here. He's reusing old uh, traditional Japanese roof tiles and using them on the tables to be a setting for all of the utensils. So the chopsticks and the forks and the spoons and the knives are kept in here. Um, and I thought that was a really nice way to reuse those traditional tiles. A lot of the houses, when they get torn down, it's, it's nice that there are people who are reusing some of these pieces um, because they often just get thrown away and not reused. So it was fantastic to see that he's reusing this. Um, not far away on the TV show, they took me to a wagashi shop. So wagashi is Japanese uh, traditional sweets. And uh, so let me just show you here. So we were making wagashi. They set up a wagashi Japanese sweets making lesson. And uh, he, because the theme was a visitor from Hawaii, so he made a beautiful hibiscus theme Japanese sweet. And it was so beautiful and delicate, but also very delicious. Uh, one of the nice things about wagashi sweets is they're often gluten-free, made with a lot less sugar, uh, often using uh, seasonal ingredients and fruit juices, so a little bit more healthy and uh, almost always vegan. So very easy for uh, anybody to eat. And here is the wagashi chef here that I was making the wagashi with. And of course, I could not make it as beautifully as this, this is from years of experience, making it look like a flower, so delicate. And uh, we also ate some of the less beautiful, but just as tasty, uh, wagashi sweets. So I love that they're reusing pieces of wood or bamboo as the fork instead of using a plastic fork. So it's a nice added feature of sustainability. So nice to see. I'd love to visit here. Yes, you would love it, Louise. And I'd love to go back uh, to that wagashi shop and, and try making wagashi again or just eating with some green tea. It was so lovely. Um, so I think I showed you some of the features I love while walking around. I also, I'm a big fan of roof tiles. Um, so temples, shrines, traditional houses. I just love looking up and seeing all the detail of these interesting roof tiles, especially when they have faces like this, faces of demons <laughs> or images of fish or um, the family crest is sometimes included. So it's so interesting. Yeah, one of the things I noticed uh, when I was walking around last time um, were some of the buildings um, had their roof partially covered in blue sheet, um, which I'm hoping is a good sign that it is under construction and it is being remodeled and not going to be torn down. So, um, yeah, when you see the blue sheet, it, it usually means they're trying to keep the rain out. So that could be a good sign. I'm hopeful that that means they're 
remodeling an old house and not tearing it down. But yeah, so much to enjoy uh, in Tomonura. You can do boat tours around the small islands. Uh, you can do lots of walking. It's very walkable around the old classic streets, see some temples and shrines. Um, there's some interesting local products. I also saw another small uh, business is running a kayak and sup business. And there was another modern uh, wagashi shop right there on the harbor. One thing I would love uh, if they stopped is allowing the boats to idle their engines in the harbor because you're hit with that smell of diesel quite often <laughs> if the boats are running their engines there. So that would be nice if they stop. That's an initiative around Japan, actually. A lot of areas that in parking lots, they ask people to stop idling their engines because of the exhaust. So it would be great to see that in harbors as well if they ask people to stop idling their engines. <laughs> All right, let's go back to the map. And we were at Tomonoura there on the coast. And now we are going to go uh, to, let's go to the skate park. So let me zoom in here. So we were here at Tomonoura. Uh, it's probably easiest to get there by car. They do have bus access as well, but it's a nice drive along the coast. And then our next stop today on this little travel unusual trip is near Fukuyama Station, Fukuyama train station here, and it's called F. Pico Arena. Now, F. Pico Arena I stumbled upon because... My kid loves skateboarding, and there are so few skate parks in Japan. So we were lucky to find out about this great skate park in Fukuyama, and it's right next to a really cool, um, like, riverside area. It's a new facility that they've just built. So this is the skate park here. Uh, you can see the rose in the center of the skate park and uh, beyond the mountains and then the river in the front. And rose is a theme for the Fukuyama area. So they have a rose parade, a rose festival. Um, they're very famous for their roses. And uh, just in front, next to the river, they have this really great long walkway as well. So people were skating and walking and running and cycling along this long uh, pedestrianized or cycle-friendly uh, path along the riverside as well, which was great to see. Um, this is a great skate park. It's good to see. Um, in this area, we don't have many, like I said, in the Hiroshima area. And Fukuyama is technically part of Hiroshima, only an hour's drive away. Um, so it's a, a really great place for families to go and visit if you want to check out the skate park. But also, let me share, there is an amazing um, climbing wall there as well climbing wall. They have uh, different 
facilities inside, uh, like a basketball game was going on when we visited last time. But the outdoor climbing wall is really impressive. So when we were walking through, you can still be outside, but it's all, you know, protected area. They've got padding under, a little bit of padding underneath, uh, people doing uh, climbing with ropes. You can just sign up inside. And then on the other side of the facility, um, there's a great kids park. And uh, around the kids park area, let me see, around the kids, oh, not showing it. But around the kids park in the front, they also have a track and, uh, you know, areas where kids can enjoy playing really good uh, jungle gym, climbing gym, that kind of thing. So uh, there's not that many great kids parks around. And it's so nice to see that uh, this Fukuyama F-Pico facility is catering to people wanting to go wa watch sports events, but also has a lot of fun play areas for little kids outside, has a track for running around, but also has the skate park. So it caters to teenagers and older kids as well, which you don't often see a lot of um, in Japan, especially not in Hiroshima, even though the Olympics... The Olympics had skateboarding. Tokyo Olympics had skateboarding this time for the first time. So we were expecting a lot more skate parks uh, would happen around Japan. But we only had this new one in Fukuyama. Uh, we do have a skate park adventure sport uh, festival, which comes to Hiroshima almost every year. And that's held right in the center. And they have uh, like base, not base, is it base jumping? They have uh, rock climbing and skateboarding and BMX. I'm, is it FISE? Called FISE, the FISE event. So that's really fun to see when they have it in the center of Hiroshima. All right. Uh, just to mention that I have interviewed someone on the Seeking Sustainability Live series uh, based in Fukuyama, and that would be sumo expert uh, Jason Harris, who runs the YouTube channel Jason's All Sumo. And we had a great talk last year about his commentary for sumo uh, from his house. Uh, he watches the NHK Sumo Bouts and he gives his English commentary and it's a very popular YouTube channel. So a little shout out to Jason before we continue. All right, let's go to the next location we're talking about today uh, in the Fukuyama area. Let's go back to our map. And uh, it's an amusement park. <laughs> called Miroku no Sato. And it's another uh, 36 minutes drive from the F-Pico or about 20 minutes or 30 minutes drive from Tomono Ura. So not so far away. Let's look at the map again. And when we were driving there the first time, I took my kids when they were younger and we had a great time there. And when we were following the Google map there, uh, it just seemed like it was in the middle of nowhere, like the middle of the countryside. 
And the Google map GPS kept telling us, no, it's supposed to be straight ahead. And we just could not see it. And we could not believe that there was going to be an amusement park in the middle of nowhere, but it was there. And uh, it is a very interesting old retro style um, amusement park with lots of interesting retro and nature-based appeal, which we found lots of fun. So I wanted to introduce it today. I haven't been back to recently, but like the skate park also has a hot spring not far away. Um, Miroku no Sato also has a Sento hot spring right next to it. So, you know, if you're going with your family, you want to make a day of it at the amusement park, but you also want to have a bath. It's a, it's a nice combination that they often do at attractions in Japan. All right, so uh, one of the features of Miroku no Sato, so it's got a light up uh, popular uh, opening at night when everything is lit up and uh, people go, a lot of couples go. It's not as expensive as like going to Disneyland or USJ, but keep in mind that it's not the same caliber. <laughs> it's not going to be as modern and, um, prof I want to say professional, is that okay? Um, it's a little bit more like a, a country fair type feel, if you, if you understand what I mean. But I, I love that about it. And I love all of the retro uh, history and heritage that it also kind of introduces. So it, it does have one part, which is like a, a nice, like natural view. You, you have a little garden area. Uh, we also, uh, when the kids were little and you can feed the chickens and they sell the fresh eggs from the chickens, this is not your usual uh, amusement park, right? <laughs> but it's kind of a combination of like a countryside carnival or fair, a petting zoo, and an amusement park kind of all rolled into one with a little bit of nostalgia, heritage, and history uh, thrown in. <laughs> so here you can see um, my son years ago feeding the chickens. So that's one of the activities you can do, which I think is great, right? Getting kids uh, to know where their food comes from, know what chickens look like instead of just seeing it on your plate. Um, know where your eggs come from, being able to feed the chickens. Kids love animals. They also have these retro areas. So this picture, this really reminded me of uh, growing up in Hawaii because a lot of the Japanese culture we have in Hawaii, um, you would often see these aunties, these Japanese aunties who are running these little shops uh, everything is sold in cases. You don't see everything wrapped in plastic bags, although there is a little bit of plastic like the toys. Um, all of the sweets would have been sold in big containers like you see in zero waste shops now. And you would buy by bulk. So you would have your little paper bag and fill it up with lihimoi or uh, pickled uh, 
plums or different kinds of uh, sweets, Japanese sweets or Japanese candies, but you would buy it by bulk, right? And this is what we're trying to get back to. So it's so fun to see in the mannequins and the old style shop and be reminded that we do have some more sustainable solutions uh, if we just look back 20 to 30 years. They also have like this carnival fair type area and uh, you can go and play like carnival type games. Um, but look on the left side, uh, all the drinks are reusable glass containers. So you have your glass containers of beer, glass uh, containers of juice and soda and lamune in the top layer, you can see the more traditional retro drink called lamune, which is a kind of uh, fizzy lemonade. And it has a little ball at the top, which is supposed to keep it fizzier and uh, keep it cold. I don't know, a little glass ball in the top and you pound it down and then it makes it really fizzy and you drink it. So that's a traditional Japanese soda in that top layer there. But the the whole idea of bringing back our drinks into this same kind of reusable drink container system, we don't drink it within five to 10 minutes and throw away a plastic container that's going to be very difficult to deal with that we can only recycle 20% of, right? We have these reusable glass containers, which we can wash and reuse over and over again. So these are definite strategies that we want to bring back and reduce our waste and reduce our dependence on plastic. But also, doesn't it taste better? Don't you enjoy drinking it more if it's out of a bottle? I know I do. I love this um, picture. Also, they had uh, retro games and activities. So here is a traditional Japanese game uh, with a paddle. And it's like a shuttlecock uh, type of game. And he's hitting it up and down in balance. So they have this kind of uh, nostalgia section where you can see old style buildings and old signs and uh, walk around that area in, in the amusement park. They do have some uh, modern rides and mini golf and other mini roller coasters and things as well. Um, this is one thing that I also wanted to mention about Miroku no Sato, which I hope other destinations will also consider, um, is having traditional Japanese food. So not just having hot dogs and hamburgers and all the usual amusement food. But here, um, my son is eating zenzai, which is a vegan, uh, warm, uh, sweet bean soup, uh, which is very popular in Japan. And my daughter is eating mochi or dango, which is the pounded rice, which is also vegan. Um, we also had udon noodles, which is usually with a fish broth, but it's easier to get vegan vegetarian food if you have these traditional Japanese options, which are often not available uh, in amusement parks. Very difficult to eat anything 
um, in like Disneyland or Universal Studios Japan if you're vegan vegetarian in Japan. There's almost no choice at all. So if you have some, uh, you retain kind of this nostalgia part of your amusement park, it makes sense. But wouldn't it make sense for any attraction to retain some of the local traditional food and culture, which is very popular. So not just have junk food, but have food, which is a little bit more wholesome for families and people visiting. So I really like that idea that they're doing there. Um, I have a few more pictures from the amusement park that I thought were interesting, wanted to share with you. So as I mentioned, it's very popular for the light up theme for the retro theme. Uh, they have a little garden, they have roller coasters. So if you go in summer, uh, they light everything up with LED lights and LED lights is not so bad. They don't use as much electricity as some of the older versions of the, like the string of Christmas lights we used to use on the house, right? <laughs> I also like, um, Oh, it looks like it's frozen a little bit. I also like to see the old style goods, Japanese made in Japan goods. So here you have the old rice cookers. <laughs> so from what your grandma might use with the wooden top and kind of like a steamer, type uh, rice cooker. And then you've got the 1970s, 80s version in the middle, which I actually grew up with in Hawaii with the metal top. And uh, it's a metal electric rice cooker. So it was fun for me to see all of these uh, Japanese products, which we used as I grew up in Hawaii as well. And I'm sure for a lot of Japanese youngsters who visit uh, this retro area, that these are things that maybe remind them of their grandma, um, but things that aren't really used so much in Japan. Now most rice cookers are made entirely of plastic, maybe a metal inside, um, but it's not a bad idea to go back to metal versions if we can reuse or recycle the metal easier than we can the plastic, right? Uh, behind, you can see all the ceramic jugs. So uh, for storing water, for making umeshu, for pickling things, not only glass was used, but also a lot of uh, ceramics. And we don't see ceramics like these big jugs in use so much anymore, but it can go back to nature and it comes from the earth. Um, so this would definitely be something that we could think about bringing back into more use and uh, having that, that beautiful natural aesthetic, but having something that we don't need to deal with in terms of um, the problems for plastic containers. Ah, I think I might have. Oh, yes, yes. I wanted to mention one more thing, which I thought was cute. Uh, we have Hiroshima Cola. So for any of you soda fans out there, uh, Hiroshima Cola is made in Fukuyama, where I'm talking about today. And you can see Fukuyama Castle there. 
on the, or maybe Hiroshima Castle, but Fukuyama also has its own castle. So we have Hiroshima Cola there, which I thought was cute. Um, and because they're focused on the retro themes at this place, you can see a lot more old style drinks like Hiroshima Cola, which is, it looks like an old style, even though it's probably a new brand, um, and other drinks in reusable glass containers, like I said. Let's have a look at um, my review of Miroku no Sato on Get Hiroshima that I wrote years ago when we went. Oh, it's not coming in. It's not coming in. Too bad. Okay. So I was going to show you uh, some more of the pictures that I took when I went to Miroku no Sato. Uh, let me see if the pictures will come in just to give you an idea. Oh, it looks like it might come in now. Yay! Okay. So uh, this was the first thing we saw when we were looking for the park, the big uh, Ferris wheel as we we're coming in. And then some of the mini roller coasters. So they're not that mini. And uh, isn't it more exciting to be in a countryside amusement park where I mentioned this the other day when I was talking about Okayama because they have an amusement park overlooking the Seto Naikai bridges and the Seto Inland Sea. And uh, sometimes it's a bit more scary when you're at these smaller amusement parks, more exciting. Uh, this is like a retro theme uh, movie area. So they have uh, some like old retro Japanese movie sets inside that you can look at, like here. And then I mentioned the chicken feeding area. And then the light up at night. It was really fun doing the rides at night and it's a little bit cheaper than you would pay for Disneyland or Universal Studios. And here are more uh, pictures on the article. I'll put the link to the article below. You can see the Zenzai uh, food that we had as well as mochi and that whole retro little town that you can walk through and get an idea of what it was like living in Japan about 50 years ago or so. All right, let me show you another, the other article. We started by talking about uh, Tomonoura, so something I'd like to link to also is the article that I wrote for Get Hiroshima on Tomonoura. And I need to write maybe an uh, article on Gate Hiroshima about the uh, skate park and uh, climbing facility too, which is really cool. So this was the article and many of you probably, I was on HAPS, I believe, when I did the live walk and talk when I went around Tomonora a couple months ago. And this is the famous stone lantern there at the fishing port, which is kind of the icon on the area. 
um, the fishing boats right there in the main part of the town and hopefully not idling their engines. The whitewashed building walls and the dark wood of and the beautiful decorative tiles of the buildings. And some of the buildings had this yellow plaster, which looks so pretty next to the dark wood and the tiles and the back streets, the narrow back streets that you can wander. And on a beautiful day, it's really gorgeous walking around, seeing all the views, but also taking in a bit of the classic town feel. You can see the port area. So in this uh, view of the port, just beyond where the boat is, this is where uh, from the movie Ponyo, where you could see the mom driving like crazy, trying to beat the big waves coming in as she's driving along the coast before she goes up to their house in the mountains. Anybody saw Ponyo? Did you guys see that movie? It's a classic Ghibli film. And they had some other beautiful um, classic houses. This one has been remodeled and into like a tourist information uh, center, which was nice to see. This is the corner where um, the guest house was, where I went inside with the TV crew and uh, was able to see their beautiful tatami room and the outdoor wooden bath that they have. And then uh, on these streets, they've been in so many Japanese films over the years, like I mentioned. But also the guide told me, I just remembered, that one of the Wolverine movies was filmed here. So the famous Hugh Jackman stayed in this white hotel just beyond the classic town, apparently. <laughs> so you hear all these great insights when you have a guide taking you around. Here's the old classic uh, souvenir shop with the big frog in front. And this was fun because it was like uh, you, a kind of a stall you might see at a festival when you go to a Japanese festival. And it had all the plastic masks for the different Japanese characters inside and a lot of uh, different kinds of toys and items that you might find in a gacha gacha a uh, toy uh, vending machine that you often see around Japan. But he had lots of those small kinds of statues and collectibles inside, which was really fun to see. And this is the more modern uh, Japanese sweets shop, which I found. And when I was there, I think I had their jelly, which was bright blue. And then inside the jelly had um, some sweet anko beans, sweet azuki beans. And that was the only vegan option. They had a lot of uh, wagashi sweets, Japanese sweets, which had cream inside, which they also had really nice looking ice cream. So they did have a variety of nice looking vegetarian and vegan sweets here and a lot of people were taking the ice creams and the sweets and eating it on the steps of the fishing town port area 
and um, they had cushions there. So a lot of people would buy their sweets and then use one of the cushions and sit on the steps. So very Japanese. You don't want to get your clothes dirty even when you're visiting. A lot of people dress up, right, if they're visiting as a couple and uh, so they can get their ice cream and protect their beautiful stylish clothes as they're eating their sweet. Um, one of the things that I liked, even for the takeout containers, they were biodegradable takeout containers. So it seemed like even the modern shops are really thinking about how can they reduce the amount of plastic waste, which was really nice to see. And uh, this is the stone lighthouse lantern again. And right next to that stone lighthouse, um, is one of the Ryoma Sakamoto museums, if you want to learn a bit about history. And I love all the side streets, and you can see the mirrors above, which is very typical of small streets in Japan, to make sure no cars are coming before you walk out or cycle out or drive out. And uh, yeah, my video, the live video I did from there walking around. And there's some other interesting shops that I stumbled upon when I was walking through the town um, that I introduced in that video. Hey, Hideko, nice to see you. Good morning from Osaka. Thanks for joining. I'm just about finished talking about Fukuyama here. I talked about the classic town of Tomonoura and the interesting uh, amusement park of Miroku no Sato and the fun skate park and uh, arena, sports arena, F Pico in Fukuyama. Yeah, nice to see you too. Thanks for joining. So nice when people from Japan who probably haven't been to this area as well as people from abroad, um, there's very a lot of international travel and domestic travel of course comes to Hiroshima but not as many people would make the trip out of Hiroshima to Fukuyama but there's definitely a lot to see and take in if you do go to Tomonoura uh, remember as you're driving along the coast along the way back uh, if you see the hula shop uh, definitely worth stopping in and uh, having some Hawaiian coffee. And then if you drive a bit further, you would see the Wagashi shop and uh, you can stop in for some beautiful Japanese sweets and maybe sign up for a Japanese sweets making workshop if they offer that. And then go a bit further to the riverside and there's that F Pico sports arena where you can do outdoor uh, bouldering or climbing on that beautiful climbing wall. And there's a big skate park and there's paths along the river where you can walk or cycle. So it's really fun for families. There's also uh, onsen, a hot spring facility uh, near that F Pico and it's not far from Fukuyama Station. And then if you head up into the mountains a little bit, then you would go to the amusement park, Miroku no Sato. And you can see the gardens, you can see the 
amusement rides, but you can also see a lot of the retro Japanese old style appeal and some better food, Japanese food, so better food than usual at an amusement park. So that was the summary of what I just talked about today. Thank you guys so much for joining. It was great to have you join me as I talk a little bit about some of my travel stories. And I can't wait to go back and explore the area a little bit more. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day. Take care. Bye. See you next time.